0: Trading Nut, episode two. Trading is not a sport that you're born with. You have to build it, right? The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading
1: What's up traders? Welcome to the second episode of the Trading Up Podcast. It's been a week on since I moved over from 52 traders and I'm absolutely loving it. The site's looking great. Uh, if you haven't checked out the site yet, go and check the site out because there's some fantastic quotes that are on the blog post now and you get the full transcript of the show with timed uh, little audio times in there as well. So you can actually dive into the show at a specific audio point if you want to listen to something and you can read it on the screen to then work out whereabouts in the show it is. So really, really handy. If you haven't checked that out, go over to the show notes, tradingnut.com and check those out. Now, today's show, we're back in business with new traders and new interviews. So similar format to what I had with the 52 Traders podcast. We've got new guys on the show and today we've got Navin Prithani on the show, who's a currency trader who's got quite a big following. Uh, he actually was recommended by one of my you listeners out there, and it's taken me a while to get him on the show and taken me a while to get to the point where I'm releasing it. So I'm really happy to get him on the show because he does talk about a lot of really uh, interesting things to do with trading psychology, his journey into trying to find a mentor that really Showed him the way, um, and then the, uh, the the interesting thing for me was that that the mentor that he found has taught him stuff that really resonates with the way that I'm trading and what I'm learning at the moment from my mentor Andre. Uh, so I think there's some you know some massive insight here into what actually works when trading, in particular the currency markets and, and you know the commodities and indices, futures, etc. Pretty much anything. So. Guys, if you're not on the same journey here, if you're not thinking that this is the right way to go and, you know, you're better off sticking with that moving average crossover or whatever it is, then think again, okay, because this is this is like a clue. This is a clue, guys, okay? So <laughs> listen to this episode um, and then maybe even jump back and listen to episode one again as well because these guys are on the right track. Like, they found it, yeah? They have found it. So if you're not on this track, this is my recommendation to you to get onto it, okay? So, um, yeah, fantastic episode. Best quote from from the episode today. And I've got to say, it was a great quote. I really, really like this because this is another clue. Um, it's not about making money. It's all about... Sorry, I'll read that again. It's not about making money at all. It's all about what should I do to not lose money? If you can control that, you'll make money automatically, so think about that again guys that's actually up there it should be a little visual that you can you can grab in the show notes so it's um it's not about making money at all it's what I should do to not lose money so what should I do to not lose money so when you start thinking about that and understanding how that sort of relates to your trading yes you do start making money automatically so if that's your focus needs to change okay so listen to the interview in detail to get that Let that sink in and, and see what else he has to say around it. Um, what else can I tell you today? Right, so we're a week on, as I said, from moving over from the 52 Traders podcast. If you do want to subscribe, if you're not subscribed to this yet, if you're listening to this online, there's there should be links underneath the uh, underneath the uh, player. If you're listening to it on YouTube, you haven't found the actual podcast yet, then you can plug it into your phone. So go onto the website, tradingnut.com, tradingnut.com, on your phone, and there will be links on the homepage to go straight to download. Well, straight to your podcast app, or straight to a place where you can download a podcast app to get access to the the feed for the Trading Nut podcast. Okay, so go over there now. iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and TuneIn are up there. Uh, it's also on SoundCloud as well, and it's actually the same feed that Fifty Two Traders was on on SoundCloud, so you can just jump over there easily. But if you can, if you're not finding it in the search then that's how you get to it tradingnut.com and on the homepage, there's buttons so while you're there subscribing make sure you uh, leave a review as well so i really need some reviews to come in to to get this thing up the rankings otherwise no one's going to hear this really valuable information that really needs to be shared out there with everyone again um now a couple of other things before we get in this show so the gold membership is up and running so there's a, a limited time bonus or not bonus a limited time uh, launch offer of $1 to get in the door um to get your first trading robot you get as part of the gold membership you get to actually uh suggest strategies as well so if you want a strategy automated I can automate that for you and that could feed into future robots that um are, are released in the gold membership and there's one being released every single month Um, there's also a whole bunch of settings you get with these as well so you get a news filter so you can filter out the news you get to uh, choose whether or not and you can choose all these things whether or not to use a trailing stop whether or not you want to um, just get an alert and not have the robot actually trade for you so you get alerts at particular points or you can change uh, you can change your risk the way you risk Uh, money or the number of lots you trade by by just changing one little setting in there and you can choose it to risk a percentage of your account or a fixed uh, amount now um, to get into that jump onto the trading nut pod uh, not podcast jump onto trading and click on the join here button there's a couple of banners around as well that you can check out for that You also get access to all the archive of the 52 Traders interview. So if you weren't a pro member of the 52 Traders, you also get access to that. And what else do you get? Oh, there's live Q&As. There's a chat room. There's a whole bunch of other stuff in there, guys. And there is one more bonus with Navin's show today. So at the end of the show, he does reveal a strategy of the week that you guys can try it at home. Now, if you want to see a marked up chart of that, so I've done uh, my version of this strategy and marked it up as a chart and put that in as a bonus. So if you're a member, just log in and you can get access to that there under Interviews and then Trading Up Podcast Bonuses. If you're not a member, just go onto the show notes. So search for Navin in the, in the show notes and you're going to get access to uh, add your email there to get into the members area and uh, download that chart. All right, folks, I think I've said enough. Let's get on with the show. All right, folks, we've got Nivan Prithyani on the show here. Now, Nivan, uh, ne- sorry, Nivan, Nev- Nevin, what am I saying? Nevin, is that right?
0: Nevin, yeah.
1: Nevin. Yeah, so what, it was It was actually one of, my, one of my listeners that recommended I reach out to you, and it's been a fair few months since... I uh, I made contact with you guys, and we finally managed to make it work. Just coordinating calendars and stuff has been a bit of a nightmare, but we got here in the end. Um, and so, because you've been traveling a bit. I mean, where where have you been traveling to recently?
0: Well, I think since, since we've been in that coordinating phase, I, I've been to Singapore, Toronto, um, and now in Bangkok. But I, I travel on quite a bit, and that's probably why our schedules didn't uh, match up. But we're here now, so glad to be here thank you
1: brilliant and so you're um, the founder of urban Forex um, do you yes. want to give us a sort of quick overview of, of that and and uh, the back history on that site first and the or the, the business and we'll um, we'll then sort of dive into some of the questions
0: yeah sure so so I started urban Forex uh, in 2009 it's basically a platform where I teach traders how to uh, look at the markets with a bit of logic rather than you know, a technique A plus B is equal to C, um, because you can't be very rigid in the market because the market is ever changing. So, uh, it's more logic based and human psychology based, um, on, on how you can benefit from when people panic, when people react and because those are the best moments to trade. So, uh, you know, so it started from 2009. Uh, we've been into it all the way till now. It's uh, one of the fastest growing industries out there. Um, or, so we're, we're doing quite well. Um, our students are extremely happy. And uh, yeah,
1: Superb. there you have it. Cool. And so let's, let's go way back to the beginning. We just want to get, I suppose, your journey into trading, how you got started and how you ended up, I suppose, starting uh, Urban Forex and, um, and where you are today.
0: Yeah. So I actually started, um, you know, sometimes in high school uh, it was my professor uh, after school hours. My I saw my professor actually uh, trading options, um, and I didn't know what he was doing. I just looked at it, and I just saw graphs on his chart. And um, you know, the conversation led to, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just working." And I think for me, the fascination started with he's working remotely. That's what intrigued me more than the trading aspect. But going into it, it's it's my dad who got me closer to trading uh, because you know, his mindset has always been like, there's only eight hours in a day that someone works. Now you have to choose what you're going to do in that eight hours a day. Now you can flip burgers or you can go do the biggest thing out there. Uh, and so that's what attracted me that I want to do something online, but I want to do something that's, uh, uh, worth my time and energy, uh, since time is the only factor that keeps running out.
1: And so how did that journey sort of flow into the point where, you know, you're feeling pretty confident with, with the way you were trading,
0: um, it was very rough. <laughs> it, it wasn't easy. It was very, very difficult. Actually, um, it started when I was, uh, uh, you know, in Bolivia. At that time, I was living, and then I moved over to the states, went to college there, and you know, I was taking classes in the day, coming home in the evenings, and uh, um, trading, learning as much as I can for trading. At that time, it was just all about strategies, uh, automated systems, and Signal services, basically someone give me the answer. How do I do this thing? So it's just constantly, you know, looking for the answer and what to do. So that whole process took about five years um, of me just getting stuck on, okay, this doesn't work. What else? Okay. This doesn't work. What else? So I, I picked up on a few things here and there, but I never found consistency or any understanding of what I should be doing. Um, that's when I was working for a bank, uh, BB&T Bank in Washington, D.C. Um, and I finally decided, okay, I need to do this properly. Uh, I quit my job, moved out to India to keep my cost low while I'm doing this. Um, same thing there. I did turn profitable for a little while. Uh, and then, you know, with the flared up ego a little bit, uh, that... That one, it didn't work out as well. I ended up giving it all back and being negative uh, uh, year after year. So um, it wasn't until a series of going through mentors at that stage uh, until I I was pointed in the right direction uh, with the idea of, you know, they kept saying to me, you've got a lot of knowledge behind you, but it's not structured. It's not laid out properly. You don't understand how the market works and why it works. It is only until I got those foundations that I actually started to put all my knowledge together in play a little bit more correctly. So um, it was a very difficult journey. I would say seven to eight years of uh, uh, losing, switching systems, failing, uh, you know, maxing out credit cards, you name it. I, I've, I've, I've done it all. Like,
1: yeah, it's so common these days. I mean, not these days. It's so common. It's such a common story, seven to eight years, is, is uh, around about the average from the guests I've had on the show. Uh, so, just on those on some of those points there. So, you, you talked about um, becoming profitable to a point before you know things changed when you're in India. Now, what was what can you remember the strategies you were using then, and, and are they still valid now? Would you still recommend people use that strategy, or was it just more of a mindset thing?
0: No, it was it was more of a mindset thing. So, it, it was I was using simple moving average crossovers at that time. Uh, I was making money on that. it was a more trending market, and I was able to grab trends and stuff like that quite easily so to make the money for that in in you know pretty much three to six months, I just kept seeing every trade I took was profitable of course I, at that time, I was only trading part time because I was working so I only traded you know once a day or once every two or three days, so it was easy to not give my profits back to the market until when I saw the profits, I was like, oh, looks like I, can, I should be doing this full-time. It's just moving average crossovers, and it says, up you buy. It says, down you sell. So it looked quite easy. So um, And then when I quit my job, now I was full-time, and now I didn't have the ability to trade, step away, come back and trade, step away. It was more of, well, I'm here for a whole 24 hours now. What, what can I do so it's that aspect of what can I do? Just forcing trades, uh, it started going the opposite direction. Uh, so giving away all the profits back, and in fact, diving deeper into the deposit that I put in as well. So, um, yeah. So I quit my job on the aspect of oh, I got this, but <laughs> yeah. uh, reality hit me later that whoa, uh, bad move. <laughs> and so, do you think it
1: was uh, just the nature of the fact that like the times you were trading were when the market tended to trend a bit more and when you had the 24 hours, it was like in actual fact that the market's dead a lot of the time and and you'd get whipsawed out of, out of a move. Is that sort of sum it up? Yeah.
0: Well, well it's it's from, from the knowledge I have now, obviously I would clearly say I was extremely, extremely um, you know, simplistic thinking back in those days um, because the the concept I had um, was pretty basic and it was although correct following the trend and the flow and everything, but I just didn't know when to not continue with that trade. I just, if I saw the pattern, I trade. If I saw the pattern, I trade. But I didn't know at what point am I supposed to stop. And, and I didn't know how the market moves in its cycles and stuff like that and when I should be activating my trades and when I shouldn't be. See, so it took me a long time to, to just practice and study what I should not be doing at what time. Um, and, and that's what was like the turning point for me after several years.
1: And, and so you said you had a few mentors and they gave you some, or I kept telling you the same things. I mean, how did you go about finding these mentors, mentors? Were they sort of well-known guys or, or more sort of hidden away types?
0: Yeah. So my, you know, first several mentors were well-known types. Um, uh, it wasn't very fun. I can tell you that. Um, but but uh, the the real ones who actually gave me breakthroughs were the ones that were hidden away. They just didn't want to deal with people. Uh, and so they never actually set up shop to, to teach it further. But they do because they, they every, every one of them that taught me who is not well-known have the same concept in the back of their head. It's like, The average person doesn't really want to learn, but if you really see who really wants to learn, they're happy to teach. So anyone with a little bit of knowledge, I've noticed this also in the past, that anyone with a little bit of knowledge, they're extremely happy to teach only to those who really, really are desperately willing to learn and to put in the work. Uh, And it's not just a desire where it's like, okay, I, I wish I can do this, but there is no follow through. So I've, I've noticed that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed it as well. I mean, not, as as well, well I, mean, I mean, actually, there's a funny
1: echo, going, a funny on echo here. going on here. <laughs> I don't know. If um, do you want me to?
0: I, I can put on my
1: headphones. Yeah, put on the headphones. Yeah, put on the headphones. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's going to annoy <laughs> people listening to this. But yeah, I've sure. noticed the I've noticed the same thing. Actually, with myself, where like even you know talking to other people about what I do with this podcast and, and trading and, and so on and so forth. And you know, people that I'll mention it to, not you know, nine times, not even nine times out of ten. Probably, you know, nine point nine times out of ten. You know, they could. I, I say, look, I'm happy to teach you, but you've got to come and ask. You know, you've got to, you've got to be willing to, to. You know, really sort of approach me and say, "Look, I want to learn. Come and tell you know, come and teach me." But yeah, majority of people, like if not every, almost every single person I've talked to, has got zero interest, or they say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I'm keen," and that's the last you hear of it, <laughs> and they never yeah, never return. Um, so yeah, so I know I know what you're saying there. It's, it's quite interesting, isn't it, with these um, these guys that are hidden away? And so so how did how did I'm always intrigued to find out how people sort of stumble on them? And I mean, was it like a through some sort of trading room, or or you just had connections. Um,
0: no, um, it, it's it's it was just luck, uh, and it's definitely not trading rooms because they don't like hanging out in those spots. Because every trading room that I've gone to, um, they've already been to it once or twice in the past, where the they're you know these trading meetings or these free seminars and stuff. So they've attended those things and they're like, wow, what a waste of time. Like, so they don't attend these things because they're just so sick of what's being taught out there uh, so it, it's finding real traders are actually it's a rare thing uh, as is um, so w- whenever I talked to them uh, their main co- uh, how I found my uh, mentor who who basically worked with me now and in the past was through one of my roommates he used to play football with him Okay. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's through, through that. I met him at a bar once we've been drinking for like three or four months together until one day he pops. The question is, Hey, by the way, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I trade Forex. Uh, I don't know if you know what Forex is. It's like, like the stock market, you know? And he's like, yeah, I know what Forex is. I trade it for a living. <laughs> and I thought, it's, <laughs> I thought maybe it's just a normal guy, you know, who's just yeah. saying he trades, but he probably doesn't trade for a living until He's like, all right, uh, how long have you been trading? I'm like, well, I got a website, Urban Forex, and this and that. And he's like, I'm going to show you a few things and you tell me what you think about it. He sends me a series of emails and he's like, today I'm looking at this, this and this and this, and here's why. And then I watch the markets unfold almost exactly as he's saying it, trade after trade. And then the next day, and I'm like bugging him, like, wait, how, how did you know that's going to happen? He's like, Certain market conditions tell you certain key pieces of information. Then he's like, you let me know when you want to see this again. (laughs) So I waited a week and I asked him again, what about today? And he's like, today I'm not seeing anything. Maybe tomorrow. And then the next day he shows me again the whole thing. Like, wow, this is like a crystal ball you have or something. This is incredible. Then... He lost touch with me for some time. I had to basically stalk him for three months, begging him to show me the ropes uh, of how do you do this. Um, and now he tells me it was that stalking of three months that showed him my dedication of, hey, I really want to learn this. I'm not your average Joe just saying, yeah. I want to be a trader. I want to buy a Ferrari too. Come on, just help me. Like, he needs to see someone is willing to die for it. Like, so he's like, that's the only reason why I helped you.
1: And that's and, and a fan, fascinating story. I mean, do, do you have any, any insight into how he came up with the knowledge he had?
0: Oh, he worked for Barclays in the past, and uh, he was surrounded by traders. So he, he had access to uh, uh, people who traded for a living and stuff like that, and uh, they showed him the ropes in the past.
1: Right, yeah, it is. It does tend to be the way. All right, cool. That's that's a great story. Um, so so let's get some insight into what you're doing these days. I mean, what your trading looks like. So, I mean, what what uh, what what would you call your trading style?
0: Um, I do a mixture of swing trading and day trading. Um, if I'm more busy and traveling, it's more day trading. Uh, but if I'm at my desk, I'm uh, sorry, I'm swing trading. If I'm traveling or busy, otherwise, it's day trading. If I'm at my desk.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that that would be pretty. Uh, It'd be an achievement if you were doing day trading while you were <laughs> traveling and busy. Um, okay, cool. Right, and so, so what what time frames do you tend to to look towards?
0: Um, so on day trading, I'm trading down to the three minute charts, um, and swing trading I do and all the way from an hour up to the daily, depending on how much time I need to myself.
1: Cool. And um, and how many trades would you have running at any one time?
0: Uh, any one time maximum two i don't go more than two trades at a time,
1: and do you have any rules around like if you if you hit a certain number of losses in a in a set period of time uh, you you no longer trade for that day or, or that week or anything like that
0: yeah it's uh two losses or twenty percent so if I give back twenty percent of my gains or if I hit two losses i'm benched basically I, I gotta sit sit aside and I can watch, but I can't do anything
1: and is that in a in a in a day or a week or uh in a day in a day um a day. and and so so you you're day trading i mean how how long are you sitting on a trade for typically
0: um anywhere between um uh, five minutes up to an hour
1: and do you avoid the news or do you trade through the news
0: um no i don't avoid the news i i am aware of them. Um, if my setup is not ready prior to the news, uh, then I don't mess with it. I wait till the news happens and then I look to get in after the volatility starts coming in. But if my setup is ready and the news is coming out shortly after, I'm happy to take my trade because, um, at that point I have a statistical advantage of the news is probably going to propel in my direction.
1: And what, uh, winning percentage would you have?
0: Um, swing trading, I would say I, a little bit less than 50% as I go for more risk-reward trades that are um, as high as uh, minimum 5R, five, 5 risk-reward or more. So uh, the, the winning percentage is a little bit less than 50%. And,
1: and what about the day trading?
0: Day trading is a little bit higher, has 75% or 76% in that range. Uh, that one I'm going more for 1.5 to 2Rs at a time.
1: Cool, and it's it's quite interesting. So you're talking about ours here. So I mean, it's um, one of the traders in my chat room here on Fifty Two Traders. He um, started talking about ours way back like a few months ago, and like now, I mean, I'm starting to use it in my in my language as well. And when I'm when I'm taking a trade, I mean, is that something you teach your students and to, to focus on the R as opposed to you know uh, like pips or percentages or, or um, dollars for that matter?
0: Oh absolutely absolutely I, I if I have traders coming into my room and saying, "Hey uh, today I grabbed hundred pips it's like okay, get out because <laughs> like, a hundred pips means nothing in the industry it just means it, it just attracts retail traders but in reality is 100 pips only has a value of okay what was your stop loss against that It is the only that that's the only thing that can make a normal reference to a normal trader of okay i know what what that means to me
1: and, and so, so what, yeah so so what did you say yeah. your r was on the day trading
0: on the day trading i do 1.5 or two r's on average oh. yeah
1: okay cool interesting um and okay two a couple of trades running at a time and will you be running like uh swing trades as well as day trades at the same time or you try to keep them separate
0: i, I keep them separate
1: Okay, so what does your typical trading day look like then?
0: Um, Well, I I wake up in the morning, I do my morning rituals, uh, you know, work out a little bit, stretch, um, you know, I I speak to myself in the mirror, get myself pumped up, um, although it sounds weird, but it works. (laughs) Um, Then I sit down, I do my prep, get a list of all my opportunities that I like to see for the day. I check in with my community as well, see what they're looking at. uh, Since I also run a community on forexwatchers.com and we look at all the, the, all those students there have been trained by me directly. So the thought process is exactly the same. So I look at what they're looking at versus what I'm looking at to see if they match up or if there's inconsistency. uh, And then as the market opens 30 minutes before I sit down, I prepare, get my numbers ready, open my money management calculator, Uh, keep a calculator nearby, a book and a pen, just everything ready to go because uh, I do like to trade around the opening drives. Um, So 30 minutes prior to the open all the way into three hours after the open. These are my busiest hours.
1: And are you talking London Open or New York?
0: Uh, Both uh, Both London and New York, but uh, generally I just trade London and I uh, don't want to be involved by New York. Okay,
1: cool. It's funny because I, I typically, I, I'm sort of positioning myself now to try and avoid London Open, uh, okay. and and even Europe's Open as well, and just um, come in a bit after that. And I just sort of find that I don't know. I, I find that I'm, I'm the moves of the moves have sort of given some setups, and it seems to be a bit more obvious for me after after that period of time. Maybe it's just that. I'm not a very good trader. I don't know, but but that's where I'm sort of landing myself at the moment. And it's also a better time of the day for me. Although when the, okay. the when the when the daylight um, savings kicks in again, it's going to be a terrible time for the day time of the day. So then all of a sudden the London Open actually becomes a better time of the day. So I don't know what I'm going to do then. Maybe I'll sort of have to do a bit of backtesting and see if I can wean my way back into into trading that pre pre market and in London Open. Moved um, uh,
0: moved to, move to Bangkok. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other thing. I'm like thinking
1: you're in Bangkok, which is actually sorry, pr- is pretty much perfect time, isn't it? Sort of mid afternoon, and um, and then because it was just before now, wasn't it? So mid afternoon.
0: Right. Um, yeah. My my day starts approximately one p.m. So that gives me the entire morning to myself, lunch, errands, whatever I have to do, and then got to trade the London. If I can't get anything done, uh, or if I see it's slow. Uh, then I don't trade it, but I wait for New York to open, which is around 6.30 p.m. my time. Um, And then if that shows activity, then I'll trade the U.S.
1: There was actually another trader on here a long time ago uh, who who resides in Bangkok. Peter Davies, have you ever met that guy? He runs uh, Jigsaw Trading, which is like a a depth-of-market platform. Okay. And he's a futures trader. Yes, Eman, he, 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 he's, um, he's, okay. yeah, he's in Bangkok as well. And, uh, and yeah, had the same sort of like pretty chilled out lifestyle in terms of, it was a lot of relaxing during the day. And then, um, then he would well, actually, he wouldn't be doing anything until, um, was it until, uh, I'm not too sure what time of the day. I think he said like nine o'clock at night, he wouldn't really start doing anything. um, and so it was like a whole lot of resting, and then anyway, you kicked into it in the middle of the night, so um okay, brilliant, so it sounds like you've got a you've got a pretty cool um setup there over in Bangkok so we we'll, let's let's take a slight deviation here, and I want to talk about cryptocurrency trading I mean, what are your views on them? The hype sort of well and truly fallen out of the bottom of the market from from uh last year. Um, mm-hmm. do you trade them? Have you looked into them? Have you got any sort of views? I'm just interested to hear what you've got to say.
0: Yeah, so um I, I haven't get uh got involved into it. I, I was there um when I, I look at it every day. So it's not it's not that I just you know hate them and I despise them. No, but <laughs> I look at them every day. I was there when prices were rising from six thousand on the other side of the trend that it is at now. Um and I watched it rise. I watched the news create the panic i watched the greed kick into the market the whole world kick in it was just like a repetition of you know uh the tech bubble the housing market bubble uh you name it it's just repeating again so i waited for that thing to crash now that it's crashed a little bit and i'm waiting for larger players to get involved for me to know this is a market that's gonna survive going forward so Right now, I don't trade it because it's extremely expensive to trade. It spreads are extremely high. It's only an investment vehicle right now. Um, so, I, And I'm not one to buy and hold and then cross my fingers. I, I, I don't like that. I, I feel I don't have an advantage doing that uh, because that's not what I'm good at. Um, what I'm good at is getting in and getting out, and I take my cut. Um, so... I don't see how I can do that successfully yet on cryptocurrency. So I'm watching it as things get better, regulations kick in a little bit, brokers become a little bit more competitive, a little bit more liquidity comes in, spreads get tighter, uh, and then I will definitely get involved. uh, It has every single setup that we look at. We talk about it in our community as well. Um, They're easily tradable. It's just it's not ready yet to trade.
1: And have you got any of your students trading them with the setups or have they dived yeah. into it?
0: Yeah, they, they are setting uh, uh, trading them. One of them does it exclusively. Uh, he's quite successful, but uh, um, it's uh, still a bit of a caution. There. I'm I'm still looking at it like still too early, man. It feels like it's a time bomb. I'm just worried on, on the sideline. I'm waiting for it to settle down because even if the markets jump up to 20,000, I'm a trader. I don't care if prices at twenty or fifty or nine hundred thousand. I'm in. I'm out throughout the day. I I don't really care where the price is. I just need liquidity and I need stability. That's all I need. So,
1: yeah. Cool. And what about um? What about ICOs? Are you have you thought about those? Invested in any of them? The these altcoins? No, I haven't. Right. Brilliant. (laughs) That's pretty, that's pretty straightforward. (laughs) Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see how. I mean, I've been asking most of my guests this question, and uh, like back when it was all hyped up, there was some, you know, a lot of interest, and you know, it was on the top of mind of a lot of people. And now, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, things aren't as hyped. Then you know, people are, are you know, they've made the decision and, and either parked it or or they're they're into it. So in the beginning, what do you think made you different from the average mum or dad trader out there? I mean, what what gave you the what what do you think gave you the the push to to spend 7 to 8 years really getting this right and what do you think i mean i like if i look at myself what do you think sort of made you different than me where i had my 7 and 8 years and i mean what i what i notice is that i probably didn't try as many things as you i mean is there something else that um that you might sort of attribute success to
0: um well, there's probably very minor things that might set me apart and a majority of things that basically say I'm just like the other guys um, because it, it's trading is not a sport that you're born with. You have to build it, right? It, it's not that uh, no one can do it, only a select few who are born in a certain star alignment. You know? <laughs> but um, it, It's a mind game. And uh, it, the seven to eight years kept going by um, it's because I I just have this personality of if I'm into something I'm not going to quit like that's just who I am through my personality and anyone can acquire that personality Um, but it takes a time of dedication of it's not just trying things or looking for the answer but it's if you do a trade are you saying once this trade loses or wins okay good next trade or do you have the time to stop and be like what was good about this trade? What was bad about this trade? What did I learn from this? How can I do more or less of this? And then your next trade. That's something I did very regularly and very consistently uh, throughout the years, which has made my learning curve faster. So I look at my seven to eight years as I, I, was, I, I went fast <laughs> because the average trader will not take seven to eight years. It will probably take longer um, because it's not... You need to be in the right mindset to really tackle this information. Um, Because uh, when you really really look at the situation, you can go to college, for example, and at a bachelor's degree, you can get your bachelor's degree, get out there, get a job and get paid and then go get a master's degree and get paid a little bit more. And then a PhD, get paid a little bit more. In trading, there is no such thing as at a certain level, you'll get paid something. It's either you get paid or you don't. That there is no paid less. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's either you win or you don't. It's end of story. So you really have to work super hard. Like.
1: Okay, so if you were a, a retail trader working a day mm-hmm. job, what steps would you take to start
0: earning income trading? That is. Um. Well. Okay. So. So. I, I get this question quite a lot, and and I, I know the answer that. You know people might be listening into might be thinking maybe it's the right broker or it's the right strategy uh, it's actually we need to focus on understanding what the how the market works um properly and on why supply and demand is activating at certain areas and secondly where do human emotions kick in where do people panic where do people get greedy and use bitcoin as an example at what point did you start seeing people getting greedy if you use that concept and revert to any single chart that where a human is involved, whether it's futures, stocks, uh, Forex, options, it's the same pattern. And that is the only only way you can get a 95.5 percentage because at any one given point, someone is buying, someone is selling. So how do you get a 95.5 difference if at any single time there's a buyer and a seller? It doesn't make any sense. It's because in certain conditions, majority of the people turn one-sided so during these emotional moves emotional candles uh which we call them uh these strong big uh, red bars or green bars <coughs> makes people panic and jump into a trade very late uh and that's the stuff you need to learn to uh, take advantage of once you understand that concept then any strategy that you like is going to work and uh knowing when not to touch that strategy is the key so uh, these are the three aspects is is do your post analysis learn from each trade um and uh know when not to do your strategy so understanding the market flow to know when not to touch your strategy and stand aside
1: and how um you mentioned sort of uh supply and demand candles um i mean What do you think? What do you? I suppose looking at the way you teach your students uh, how to trade, are you more focused Mm -hmm. on uh, candlestick patterns or or more just price movement and general patterns across a a price chart?
0: Um, More on the price. More on price. Um, I'm. You know, there is an awareness of patterns, but depends where the pattern is. So I can't say a pattern in the middle of a trend is useful, but a pattern towards the edge of a trend, a lot more weight. A pattern in the middle of a range, not useful, but a pattern that pokes out of a range, a lot more useful. So the answer for me is always going to be it depends. It depends where that uh, technical knowledge is, is put into the chart.
1: Again, okay, if, if we had to split your trading up into technical versus fundamental, I mean, what does that split look like? How much, how much weighting do you give to fundamentals?
0: um so 99% technicals 1% fundamentals um right <laughs> so the, the the 1% just being I'm aware of what news are coming out but I don't go into analyzing them interpreting them or putting weight on it
1: okay so so thinking about a price chart, what three things would you recommend a novice trader educate themselves on
0: um know when to buy before a buy is established know when to sell before a sell is established key that is a key to trading if you're buying and the buy is already visible then everybody is buying who are you buying from so basic logic questions that need to be asked um uh and then the other thing is you know for novice traders i I see this time and time again don't just try trades you know learn from them if you made a mistake good that's Money well spent, learn from it. Don't let it go uh, and make the same mistake again. So um, this is something that's missing a lot with retail traders uh, is they're spending so much money on their own trades along with their education, but they're not learning from their trades, uh, which is very valuable.
1: And, And what do you think that is?
0: um it's the it's the necessity to grow faster we're in an industry where it's all about instant gratification so there is this need to hit success faster quickly as possible so once they're done with the trade it's all about well you know you have tony robbins running in the back of your mind hey you want to do something in life you got to take action so they're looking to take action all over the charts (laughs) so it's it's all about trying to push the markets you know you got to work to earn money you got to do something with your life. So it's this concept running in the back of your head that's pushing traders to just keep taking trades and hopefully it'll magically turn okay. It doesn't work, unfortunately, like that in trading. Um, You have to learn from your mistakes, take your time and then take the next trade and learn from that. So you you can't, uh, unfortunately, that's the step we can't bypass. We can bypass many things using technology, but we can't bypass this learning curve of, failure and then winning and then failure and winning
1: and if you got any sort of surefire fixes to that if there's you know traders out there who just for whatever reason take the trade move on to the next one they've been told a million times you've got to do the analysis but they don't do it have you got any either advice or tips for them
0: um yeah uh they need to find out what their main goal is see um if you're trading just for the sake of trading, because you're trying to just find the answer, it's not good enough. But if you really, before you start, start your trading, you start your day with this basic understanding of, hey, I'm trading to make money. So I'm not looking to lose money. Okay, once that concept really sets in emotionally that I'm not looking to lose money, so then what must I do to make sure I don't lose money? It's not about making money at all. It's all about... What should I do to not lose money? If you control that, you will make money automatically.
1: Guys, fantastic advice. I think we're going to use it as the quote for the show. Um, That's brilliant. Now, on um, on the price chart thing again, so you mentioned moving averages before. Are you using any indicators these days or are you just got a naked chart?
0: Um, naked chart. I use uh, some indica- uh, some uh, moving averages just to help me with a visual reference. Um, otherwise, I use tick volume. Uh, that that's always on my charts to get an idea of if the market's active or not. Uh, and that's about it. Otherwise, naked charts.
1: And what about objects? Do you use any objects uh, when you're marking up a chart?
0: Um, just horizontal lines.
1: Really high. Pretty simple there. Very, very good. Right, so look I'm going to move on to the quick fire round. So this is uh, this is nine questions that are going to help the listeners understand what it takes to become a successful trader. Now, some of them are not that quick in terms of being able to answer them, but give it your best shot. The idea is to okay. go go speedily through the second part. Right, so here we go. First one, how long did it take you to go from a trading newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, eight years. What's your mental you approach? How long, it? Like? yeah what what's Sorry. your mental approach approach to trading and do you have any special techniques you can share with us
0: um, mental approach is i am trading against other people um and i so i need to be aware of how they're thinking to get my edge um, and uh did you what was the next question the the techniques you said yeah
1: do you have any special techniques
0: um okay um Every time a a move goes in a certain direction, measure it. So for example, if you have a initial blast up, which slows down, and then it blasts up again, and then it slows down, blasts up again. Each blast up that happens, measure the distance it does compared to the next one. If you see the distance getting shorter, the momentum is fading. Stop trying to buy more of it. You need to get ready to get out.
1: Nice. Nice tip there, guys. Um, what's your favorite entry setup?
0: Um, well, the the language I use might be different uh, than the average trader, but I, I, I like to fade trades, I guess, if you want to call it.
1: Ah, okay, um, yeah, yep. fade trades. Yeah. fading, yeah. fading
0: trades, reversals in the trend, uh, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. What what strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades?
0: Um, I'm aware of um, uh, support resistance areas, sudden peak volumes coming in that indicates uh, larger players exiting the trade. That would be a good sign for me to get out as well. Um, News events. um, And uh, if I see momentum fading also. Um, But if I have a sudden, like, if you just uh, remember uh, the design of Bitcoin, the reason why I keep saying that is because it's very—it's still implemented in people's heads. The move starts, and then it does another blast. It's fine, does another blast. They're all equal, and then the final blast is larger than usual. When you see that, that is an emotional candle. If it's happening at the end of an and, uh, at the end of a trend, not at the beginning, that means people are jumping in on the buys when it's actually cashing out time. You, so that is a very good opportunity to cash out and stop the buying. And if you're really pro, uh, actually sell. righty
1: Nice another tip there, guys. This is a fantastic interview. Um, what's your recommended trading book?
0: Mm, I mostly read uh, psychological trading books. So um, uh, Trading in the Zone, that one's pretty good. Uh, Trade Mindfully by Gary Dayton, that's pretty good as well. Um, these two, I would say, uh, top much.
1: If there was one thing you'd recommend to any t- retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it?
0: Open up your Excel file, start jotting down what you do on a day-to-day basis, do it consistently, and find out your your stats on that. You need to know what you're good at and what you're not good at and learn to repeat that. And then if you if you prove to yourself you're good at a certain thing, then start scaling. Be the one-trick pony. It's okay. And and go big because that's what trading is all about. Who's the biggest guy on the street? So if you can't trade big and you're just looking for different strategies, it's, it's a zero-sum game. You're going to end up at the same spot where you started. So learn to learn one thing. Do it well and scale, and scale big.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's something people struggle with as well. And, you know, I I, I pretend um, trading small accounts that I've got, you know, about four other zeros on the end of it. And it's like, would you mm-hmm. t- take this trade if you've, you know, if this is how much money you're actually putting at risk? And can you, you know, is it sustainable trading like this? And it, it does help. It does help when I remember to do it, that is. Um, what's your preferred broker and trading platform?
0: Um, I've used many uh, brokerages in the past. Uh, I have, uh, for the last five years, um, ended up with interactive brokers. Last three years, I would say. Entra- ended, ended up with interactive brokers, and it's, it's my current preferred platform.
1: What's the worst trade you've
0: ever had? Um, there is never a worst trade. There is worst trade trades. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's it's basically any trade that's wrong is my worst trade, but it's when I do a wrong trade and my brain is stuck on that and my next trade also takes a hit and then the next trade also takes a hit. If I get into that mindset, that becomes a series of worst trades after that because I'm not thinking straight. Uh, so I would call that patch as my worst trading uh, instead of one single worst trade. And that happens uh, quite regularly, uh, at least uh, several times per quarter. If
1: you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: Um, Do your post analysis. Um, The internet has a lot of information out there. Learn to take in the information, but judge it at your own merit. There's no need to fight it or defend it, but learn from it and and, uh, see if it applies to you and if you can use it. So... Use your charts to tell you the answer for sure.
1: Actually, I did have one other question. So that's the end of the quickfire round. But I had another question I was going to throw in there um, about your morning routine. You mentioned it earlier on. I mean, are you able to explain that in a bit more detail?
0: Yeah. So uh, in the morning routines, it's it's basically like where I, I look at trading as I'm going into battle. Right, and I need to be in my A game. If I'm not in my a game i I'm, I'm gonna lose because like I discussed earlier in this interview, right, it's not like it's I'm gonna get paid something. It's either I win or I lose. So um when I wake up, I do some stretches uh, to make sure i'm I'm fully awake, uh, I dance around a little bit to with some music to get me get the energy pumping a little bit, and then I meditate. The meditation after a series of exercises allows me to actually meditate because my body is too focused on trying to relax from all that uh, strenuous activities. Um, And during meditation, I'm not trying to empty my mind. I'm trying to focus on setups that I like to see normally. So I'm visualizing the the trade techniques that I see regularly. And then I'm also reminding myself of, don't forget, during yesterday's pulse analysis, this problem came up. Avoid that problem. And then last week, these problems came up. This is how we're going to avoid it. When I prepare that prior to trading and then I enter the trading arena and the bell hits uh, and I'm there and I'm trading, because I recapped it prior to trading, it's fresh in my mind that when that situation does come up, there is a lower chance that I'm going to mess up. So it's very critical for me to do the morning routines. If I don't do my morning routines, uh, I pretty much know I'm going to fail that day uh, I, and and generally I do Nice. It's very
1: useful to know guys. Uh, right, so the last question of the show, We'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy, entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame, basically something our listeners can have a play with at home this week
0: um. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, uh, okay. All right. So if you guys can visualize this uh, chart with me. So let's say the market is completely flat, right? It's completely flat. It's been going sideways, like in a range, uh, some congestion. This this process, it's usually the buildup, okay? And how we know it's a buildup is towards the end of that range, you start getting higher lows. During those higher lows, All the big boys start piling in. Okay, so the very large players, they build up during the entire range, and then all the smaller guys, the hedge funds and all these corporate guys, they start buying at the sign of higher lows because that's a sign of desperation. Okay, the larger player is looking to eat up more orders. Once the sell orders are gone, the buy starts to take off. It breaks the range. As it breaks the range, Anyone who was standing by holding on to their cash is now looking at it like, oh, here we go. They pile on. Anyone who was selling from the top of the range is now getting stopped out. So their orders are piling on for the buy as well. This fuels the buy initially. If you're not in these buys at the initial stage, you get your first pullback as your secondary chance. If you're not in that buy as the trade goes further higher, okay, it will now propel and go faster. Once it goes faster in that speed, what's going to happen is it's going to grab the attention of every indicator, every trading system, and every news uh, anchor out there. They're going to start mentioning, oh, did you notice what happened to the markets today? But at this stage, since the world is looking to buy, remember what I said at the bottom of that range when all the big boys were buying their orders, they know that, if they want to sell, every human being out there is willing to buy at such high prices that they can sell to so they can get out quickly. Because if they get out when, uh, when everyone's looking to sell, then they can't sell their large position. So you need to think of it in where the big money is flowing in and can they get out. If they can't get out, prices have to keep rising until people chase more of it. And then they can scale out. Okay, so don't. So you want to sell when it's not too obvious. You want to buy when it's not too obvious, uh, basically.
1: Yeah, nice. I just drew that up. So I, I think it's um, it's easy enough to to, uh, to to check one of those out on the price chart. And uh, so the the answer there is to to take a sell somewhere that's not too obvious in that heightened sort of buy buying frenzy, and come in with the big boys. And take the uh, take the money with well, back to back to where they where they originally bought. I'm guessing.
0: Yes. So if you're buying from where the range just broke out from the bottom, that's okay. If you're buying the next pullback, whether you're a Fibonacci trader or support resistance supply and demand, those will work. But if the trend goes higher, much higher, and it's now obvious, and then you try to do a Fibonacci pullback or supply and demand support resistance over there that same technique that you did earlier that made you money will have less chance to make money now. This is the missing piece that a lot of my students and a lot of students, traders out there have is when should I stop using my technique that I know makes money? Superb.
1: Now look, um, thanks very much for coming on the show. I think it's been an absolutely fantastic interview and I, I um, hats off to the guy who actually recommended I reach out and get you on the show because I think there's been a lot of Value bombs dropped throughout this interview. Um, Before we wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you?
0: Um, They can reach out to me at uh, my email address, naveen at urbanforex.com or through our website, uh, urbanforex.com.
1: Brilliant. A big thank you to Naveen for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are on the show notes. To find them, simply search for Naveen in the search box on 52traders.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success.
0: Thank you, Cam. Thank you for having me. Alright, folks,
1: so there we have it. Navin Prithiani on the show. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Now, to check out everything, head over to the show notes, type in N A V I N in the search box, or just go to interviews and he'll be number two there on the Trading Nut podcast. I know I did drop 52 traders in there a couple of times. Uh, There's a download for you if you get in there and jump in the members area. So there's a free download of the strategy that he. um, gave us at the end of that show there. You can also get that $1 special on the Trading Nut uh, gold membership. So dive over there ASAP before it expires. And, uh, and do remember to subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to this somewhere else. If you want to listen to it on your phone, jump over to the homepage and there's links there as well. And be sure to leave a review. Until next time, have a great trading week.